0: Welcome to Standout, where you're going to hear from some exceptional entrepreneurs. You'll learn what steps they took to get them where they are and what you can do to make your mark. I'm your host, Cheryl Tan, with CherylTanMedia.com. You can find the episodes, the show notes, and the accompanying video of the show, all in one place, at CherylTanMedia.com forward slash podcast. Sign up for my newsletter there and get media strategies I only share with readers. Entrepreneurs I meet have several traits in common. The main thing that unites them is the ability to look at failures, not so much as failures, but as opportunities to learn. You'll hear that in my interview with Jonathan Rivera. You will learn about his many ups and downs in school, in work, and in business. But you'll also hear about his lessons learned, about the power of listening, and why it pays to cultivate relationships with potential customers. We are talking specifically about podcasting in this episode, so if you are thinking about stepping into this world and how you might make money from these efforts, this show is for you. Jonathan Rivera, thanks for joining us for Standout. It is a pleasure having you on the show today.
1: Thanks for the invitation. I don't usually get on video, so hello, video people.
0: (laughs) (laughs) It is great to have you here, that's for sure. And I'm really interested to learn more about your story. Our listeners and our viewers like to hear the startup part, so how you got your start in business. And so I'd like to hear that. I know that you were an electrician for a little while, you were in real estate for a little while, and now it's all in on podcasting. But how did you get your start in business?
1: Uh, Well, it's... It's a long while, actually, but it does feel like yesterday. But I was an electrician. My parents told me that I needed to get a trade to fall back on. And look, I was a D student in high school, had to take summer school to just to graduate. And so I really didn't have a much of a future. So I did what they said. I became an electrician. I did that for nine years nine dreadful years. And it was just a, a slog to work and I couldn't take it. And so finally, they, there was some big things changing in my life. My mom passed away oh, and sorry. I realized that there was more important things to do than to show up at the, the nine to five, so to speak. It was seven to three thirty. But um, I just I couldn't take it anymore. I jumped into real estate with Both feet and just went at it. We had about a million dollars worth of properties in our first year. We lost every little bit of it. I lost my house. Dad lost his house. The business failed and it hurt. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Right. So I, I, it's okay. I was thinking about getting a job again. Is that what I had to do? I was going to do it. And one of my friends turned me on to podcasts Hmm. and iTunes. And so I had only studied real estate investment techniques at the time. And so all I knew was real estate investment. And when I learned about podcasts, uh, I, I had a bigger, broader idea of what being an entrepreneur was, sales, marketing, positioning, all this other stuff that goes into building a business. And that really recharged me. So I went back, rebuilt my, bi- my uh, real estate business, which I still have today. I have rentals that are full. I have a waiting list. And I use a lot of weird internet marketing stuff that nobody else uses. And it keeps us full, keeps my residents happy. And it keeps me happy too <laughs> because my future is secure. And so that's still going. I've got more free time now because I've got a team. I've got processes. I've got systems over there that really just work to fill those apartments and I don't have to take care of them. And I jumped into podcasting. I mean, the one thing that was consistent when I was in high school with my D student status was I had an A in TV production. So I've been (laughs) to this media (laughs) thing forever. Good for you. So I've been doing podcasting since like 2009 on and off. And in 2013, I launched With my buddy and my mentor, my real estate mentor, uh, Darren, we launched the Making Agents Rich Show July 4th of 2013. Mm. We did almost 193, 194 episodes, I think, nearly 200. And that was really the springboard for what the podcast factory is today. It's me talking to my mentors, and sharing it with the world.
0: Ah, love it, love it. There's a lot I want to dig into, so I'm going to go back a little bit. When you said that you keep your rental properties full using internet marketing, and I think it would be safe to say that typically when you're talking about real estate or industries, um, like transactional industries, They, not all of them are so forward thinking when it comes to those weird internet marketing techniques, your word, not mine. (laughs) So I I want to hear, I want to hear what you've done, what internet marketing techniques, and I think I know what you're going to say, but I want to hear you say it to, um, to make it work in a brick and mortar kind of world.
1: Sure. So what makes us stand out above everything else is that we know our market. Mm. and I know their pains I know where they come from I know what their work life is like because I'm one of them yeah and so this is the kind of apartment that I would have lived in and that I could afford and that would have appealed to me in a great way and so I know where they're coming from because I listen to them that's one of my superpowers I love to listen even though I'm here talking but <laughs> I love to listen right and so I That is really the the basis for everything, and that's why I'm I'm putting that up front. Mm -hmm. As far as techniques and tactics, if you do anything, as long as you know who you're talking to and what they want to hear, it will work. So the weird internet marketing stuff... Is like we use coupons, which may not actually be internet marketing. I mean, that goes back to Claude Hopkins and the 1900s, early 1900s. We use obviously pay per click, Craigslist. That's what brings people into the funnel. We use a video sales letter and landing page. What? Video sales letter. That's right. Video sales letter. (laughs) People opt into our email list, and I email them every day, encouraging them to get that coupon that they opted Mm. in for. And each email, also encourages them to call me Ooh, phone mm-hmm. remember the phone yeah. <laughs> <laughs> call me to make an appointment and so it's a real mix of new marketing old marketing and knowing the people that I'm talking to and helping them take that next action so we go email them daily remind them to call me for an appointment I've got videos on the website like video tours I've got scarcity built in this coupon expires this week and and then I it's about 14 days out where I'm like the nine word email made famous by Dean Jackson. Are you still looking for an apartment? So last ditch Mm -hmm. effort two weeks later is, are you still looking for an apartment? And the reason it's two weeks later because a renter is usually looking within a month cycle. So if I have them for two weeks, that's really the last ditch effort after that they're gone.
0: Gotcha. Gotcha. I want to ask what, what keeps companies from doing this? I'm sure you've you've talked to a lot of entrepreneurs as I have, and they're kind of throwing darts out. They're like, I, "I'm just, I, I'm gonna send emails, or um, I'm gonna do Facebook ads." What keeps them from finding success, from really knowing who their market is, or or what to do even?
1: The excuse that they're going to give you,
0: mm-hmm.
1: and I know you guys are listening out there, is entrepreneurial ADD, squirrel, (laughs) squirrel, and they get distracted. And so the problem is that when entrepreneurs find something that's working, I've done it. I'm sure you've done it. We've all done it is you get bored with it. And I mean, oh yeah, video sales letter, boring, whatever. And so they look for that next bright, shiny object. They look for that next cool edge and they don't maximize What's already working and see, that's what I've done differently here with my apartments is I'm still using the only thing I've changed in my video sales letter over the last two years is the price because I had to raise it. Okay, (laughs) everything else is exactly the same and I didn't get bored with it. I just said the page works The video works. Let's maximize. And so what happens is people get bored. They look for something else to entertain them. They don't maximize the stuff that's already working. And they're in this eternal state of flux trying to find the next greatest thing instead of just focusing on the basics.
0: It seems like you found a focus for your time and energy as you are the co-host of six shows. That's a lot of shows, by the way. I think you probably know that. (laughs) And you were telling me earlier about the Podcast Factory. So talk exactly about what that does and how that helps podcasters.
1: Well, it's actually, it's bigger than just helping podcasters. And My wife and I, we are adopting a son. He's just turned two years ago. Thank you. Two weeks ago. And he will be home in the next couple months. And what's going on in my mind is legacy.
0: Hmm.
1: How do I impact the world? Because I can only do so much. I'm only one person. I only have so many days and hours and minutes on this earth. And I want to make an impact that's bigger than me. Something that really will help people. And so the podcast factory is that, and it started, like I told you, with my mentor who helped me in my real estate business, Darren, we did the making agents for it show and I didn't want to do it. All right. Look, I I've been podcasting since 2009, since before it was cool. Right. Okay. And I was already burnt out on it before people started thinking it was cool. All right. And so I had podcasts fail. I lost money. I lost time. I just, I couldn't stand it anymore. And I, I, Wanted to get away from it, but my buddy Darren had helped me out so much in my business. I one hundred percent believed in him. I one hundred percent believed in what he was saying, and I knew that I had to help him get the word out there. And so he comes to me with the idea of another podcast, and I'm thinking, oh.
0: <laughs> I can feel your pain. <laughs> <laughs>
1: no, please, no podcast, no. And he, he was he was adamant about it, and I said, okay. We're going to do this, but we're going to do it differently than we've ever done it before because I've made all the mistakes. I've been down those roads and I do not want to repeat that. And so this was where I came up with, and this ties into my real estate background. My first uh, home I bought was like a no money down home. And so this new podcast that I was doing with with Darren was no money down. Mm. We came up with a product for our email list. A, if they liked the product, then we were going to have money to create the podcast. If they didn't, then I could walk away safely and say, <laughs> at least we tried. But they did. They they wanted the product. They paid us money. We reinvested all that money into the show, which is backwards to what most podcasters yeah. do is they start a podcast and look to start start a business afterwards. I'm a firm believer in you got to have a business first. Right. And then you add a podcast. Wait, so
0: with this particular podcast, you did, you did no shows until you had somebody to give you PayPal, their PayPal account or whatever it is, whatever money. We
1: both have email lists. We've been mm-hmm. online forever. Mm-hmm. And we were doing a coaching program together on one of uh, his deals. And so we already had businesses. I gotcha. Okay. This was a new venture. And so what we did was we came up with a solution. They had a problem. Everybody over here had a problem. We came up with a solution over here. And then we said, do you guys want this? Yes, we want it. They paid, and that was our funding for the show. And that's what I call my first ever podcast recipe. Huh. All right? I, I have these podcast recipes for success, which I'm sure we'll talk more about. Yeah. But that no money down podcast recipe launched the Making Agents Rich show into a profitable business where we were both making good money. I mean, really compared to most podcasters, probably very good money. And from there, it was just an idea of who can I help next? And so one of my mentors came up, the guy that helped me with email marketing known as the number one email marketing teacher in the world, Mr. Ben Settle. He mentioned he wanted to have a show. He had done so much for me Mm -hmm. that I said, I'm going to help you, bro. Whatever I have to do, let's just do the show. And so I helped him because I knew that if I got him out there, he would help more people. And then it snowballed from there. Then my buddy Doberman Dan, after we beat him, he competed with us in the beginning, but we beat him on iTunes and his show burnt out. And then he came back, hat in hand, all humble. Can you help me? And I'm like, of course I can help you because he's helped me with my business. And so it just kept on going. And so when I talk about that legacy and I talk about me being down in the dumps after my business failed and how podcasts helped me Mm -hmm. rebuild That's what I'm doing right now. Mm -hmm. I am bringing my mentors, proven people, people that I know are serious, I know are good, and I'm bringing them out to the world. And this works twofold. I get to hang out with my mentors. Sure. Cool. Plus, I get to deliver to the world these brilliant minds and help all their businesses. And that's really where I'm looking at the legacy and the longer term play.
0: Okay, so I want to hear more about how you help them get to success, some of those secret recipes that you mentioned. Did you use that same recipe, the one you mentioned earlier about that, uh, using the email list to getting paid before the podcast goes on the air? Did you use that with all of them?
1: So I'm an investor. I've got an investor mindset. And the way I looked at it was I was making – more money than I needed on the Making Agents Rich show. Mm-hmm. So I socked it away, socked it away. And when the opportunity came to work with Ben, I already had my war chest in place. Mm-hmm. And so we rolled into that. And the way that worked was I paid for everything. That's why I call myself the executive producer. What's executive producer do? He mm-hmm. puts down the money, right? Yeah, he
0: bankroll everything. <laughs>
1: <laughs> That's right. So I was like, I got this. I got this. Let's just make it happen. Let's get it out to the world. And so I launched that show. So this is all the way going back from the first show. I'm rolling money into the second show. Oh, I see. And that one... It took us about six months, but then we came up to positive and since then we've been making money and it keeps going like that with all the shows. Is I bankroll them, executive producer. I choose the people I want to work with. I fund it. I let them use my team because I have a team. I let them use my recipes to, to get success. And then we have joint venture partnerships and it's good for us business-wise. It's good for my mentors because they get more exposure. Mm-hmm. It's good for our listeners because they get to hear people they may not have been in touch with or in contact with before I brought them out.
0: What makes a successful show? Because I know on your, on your website, the Podcast Factory, you say that, or maybe you told me that, that um, 11 shows that you've worked with, wait, the last 10 shows of the 11 that you've worked with are in the top 10? Something like that. I actually
1: got 11 out of 11. Ah, okay.
0: (laughs) You just checked on that number, didn't you?
1: (laughs) <laughs> I had it prepared before I got here because I did the newsletter. I have the Podcast Mogul newsletter and I was writing all about the 11th launch and how it went well and just basically I laid everything out for my readers how that works and my secret, are you asking for my secret because I I'm, feel like...
0: Well. I feel like I need to know this for my listeners. <laughs> I feel like they need to know what what is it about a great show? Is it the show? Is it the marketing? Is it a mix of both? And how were you able to get them... To such a high ranking.
1: So the simple formula is: it has nothing to do with me. I just pick <laughs> the talent. <laughs> because if you look at the guys I work with. These guys all have businesses. Right. They have email lists. They have audiences and products. Yeah. yeah. And so I'm just cherry picking, right? Like, uh, this guy's got his stuff together. A lot of times, like the latest launch that we did was copy chief radio with Kevin Rogers. Mm-hmm. And I met him as an interview a year before on the Ben Settle show. And I started following him and I, I've really never, maybe I have verbalized this, but I was vetting him. I ah. was checking him out right. and it took a year for us to finally work together. But he's the guy that helped me with my video sales letter. He pulled out this powerful hook. Right. And I I had it buried in the back of the, the sales letter. Right. He moved it to the front. He's like, you got to get this. And once I did that, people would come to my apartments and to the appointments to, to view them, and they would recite that part of the story.
0: <laughs> That's great.
1: Yeah, and I'm like, That's holy – Yeah. He pulled that hook out. And so I'm like, this guy's a real deal. So that's when we get into real negotiations, real talks about how we're going to work together. So what makes a successful show? There's a lot of things, but one of the things I'm really picky about, and we talked about a little bit before is you got to have a business first. You got to have an audience and even better if you have an email list, because the thing is, if you have a business, an audience and an email list, you're going to know your market a little bit. And we talked about knowing your market. Knowing your market is the key to having a good show because when you talk to them and they hear themselves, they hear like you're that little conscience speaking in their ear like, how does this guy know me or this girl know me so well? That's, it doesn't matter how the format is. It doesn't matter anything. It's about knowing your market and being able to deliver.
0: But what if someone is listening right now, someone in my market, an entrepreneur who has a business perhaps, but maybe doesn't have a list per se and they don't see themselves as a podcaster, well, they might be thinking, that's not for me. A podcast is not for me. What would you say to that person?
1: You're right. (laughs) A podcast (laughs) is not for you. At least you're honest. (laughs) (laughs) I'm notorious for this. I do, like, you won't find on my website any, I mean, I have products for sale, but as far as my services, you won't ever (laughs) find any of that stuff on there, and there's a simple reason for that, because I need to talk to people on the phone find out more about their business, about their goals. And I am notorious for talking people out of podcasting. In fact, I was doing testimonial interviews today for one of our shows. And I had a guy on there that was doing a testimonial for the Ben Settle show. Mm -hmm. And after we do the interviews, like three minutes, real quick, and I leave it open for questions. So if he wants to ask me a question or needs any insight, usually podcasting stuff comes up. His little bit of time that he had to ask me a question he says no i'm good you told me you didn't want to work on my show (laughs) i was like i don't remember that but you're welcome and that was it (laughs) and uh, and it was cool because he was still willing to do the testimonial so i really did him a favor but the fact is it's not for everyone Mm. and the reason i say that is it works much better when you already have things going for you, have pieces in place. You don't necessarily need a big email list. I talked about this in the last podcast, Mogul Newsletter. I have Michelle Spiba Epic Story Lifestyle. We launched her show. Her email list was only 95 people, so it was virtually non-existent. But she had an audience and she had fans who wanted her to do the show. So she followed my launch recipe to the letter. Mm-hmm. We got her audience involved. And bang, she's up number three in the charts within the first couple of weeks. So it's not for everybody, mm-hmm. but there are certain people. If you've got personality, if you've got products to sell, if you can deliver a consistent message, then yeah, do it. I mean, this is a great way. Just talk right. and put it up there. It's a great way to connect with your audience. And I will tell you this. I don't know how many shows you listen to, and I feel like I say this all the time. I'm a big fan of I Love Marketing, Dean Jackson, Joe Polish, love those guys. I was having coffee with Dean Jackson, and we were talking podcasting. In fact, that was the day he named my newsletter for me, although he didn't know it. He introduced (laughs) me to the friends that came around as, oh, this is Jonathan Rivera, podcast mogul. Podcast mogul. Oh, that sounds good. Yeah. Yeah. We were talking podcasting, and he says people get into podcasting and they think it's going to be a great lead generator. And the fact is podcasting kind of sucks at lead generation for the most part. The thing that podcasting excels at is converting people Mm -hmm. from on the fence to into your membership site or buying your books or into customers. Mm -hmm. The thing is having this time together Mm -hmm. where you get to bond where you're in their ear talking to them. It's almost like Inception, where you're just in there and they're getting to know you. They're getting to hear you. They're they're getting they're really getting connected to you. It's a great tool for converting the people who are not already converted into customers. And we see this all the time. You have a list, you have a podcast, and more of them convert into customers. But if you're trying to have a podcast to build a list, not so much.
0: Mm, that is such a good point. And I don't think enough people say that. Because the the way to get into podcasting is so much easier. You get a yep. microphone, you have GarageBand, and you're yeah. good to go. So right. uh, I don't hear that too often. I think that's really smart because otherwise you have a lot of disappointed podcasters, which I imagine you talk with cool. as well.
1: Yeah, there there's a lot of sad sacks out there.
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh, I,
1: it, it, I talk them out of it for their own good, and really, it's just a matter of. There's easier ways to build a business, and I think one of them right off the bat is just go find ways to build your email list and sell to that email list. That's what Ben Settle taught me. Mm-hmm. And that made a world of difference in my life. I went from not making any money to making multiple thousands of dollars a month to making tens of thousands of dollars a month right. just by following that simple system.
0: Right. And once you have that, then come to you, right? Then a podcast, perhaps then maybe you can afford me. No, there you, go. <laughs> you said it.
1: <laughs> it's true though. I, I have certain people that I can work with and, 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 and you know this too, even in your business, you, you have a digital business and you know the people that can afford you treat you better.
0: Right.
1: That's right. all there is to it. It's so kind of a people, respect,
0: right? Yeah, right. It's a respect if they can't right.
1: afford you, then they're wanting more from you and they have these high expectations of you and they want the world because that money that they're investing into you is the world to them. To other people, they want their time. They want leverage. They want knowledge. They appreciate you more when they can afford you.
0: I want to talk about relationships now because when you're talking about the people you do business with, the podcast shows that you host or the people you teach, um, it is a true relationship. and, And you just said it. You kind of cherry pick the ones who are appropriate for success, who are kind of ready for that journey. How do you find those people? And I guess, how do you nurture that relationship? Because I can see that the people that you surround yourself with, um, they're top notch. But how do you nurture that relationship?
1: I like that question. And I have a recipe for that. Oh,
0: a recipe. (laughs) It's like the third one you've given us. (laughs) That's
1: right. I have a recipe for that. I've been working on this stuff for years. And so I have this recipe called the Guru Love Potion. Okay? Okay. Sounds funny but it makes gurus fall in love with you. I got the proof. Go look at my network. So the guru love potion works like this. Whoever it is that you're following, whoever it is that you're interested in, whoever you have set your sights on, the first thing you have to do, number one, invest. So buy their products, buy their coaching, buy whatever it is, their books, buy something. Put your money on the line. Next, see, the buying is the easy part. This is what is hard. Step number two, do the work.
0: Oh, whoa. (laughs) I was not expecting that. Yeah,
1: do the work, right? So you learn something from the coaching or from the book or from the product. Do the work to implement it. Real simple, but most people won't do it. Next step, report back your findings to your guru. Okay, And this is something I have done forever. I'll give you an example of how I've done it. Uh, Ben Settle, Mm -hmm. big, big fan of Ben Settle. We're business partners and good friends now. It started with me downloading his free newsletter, looking at it and saying, oh, wow, this is a lot of stuff, but I'm going to put it to work. And it used to take me an hour to write one email. Now I can write an email in about 10 to 15 minutes. Real easy but one hour to write an email. So I wrote emails for the week, just like he told me to. I made something like $1,100 that week. And I was like, man, I haven't even made $1,100 in the last two months. And I'm just <laughs> so excited. And I'm like, Ben, Ben, look, your email player's newsletter has helped me out so much. I made this money. And I took that money that I made because it it's house money, right? right? And I reinvested it into more of his products. And I just started buying all his products, sharing my results, and developing that relationship with him. Because when they see you using their product and they see you getting results, it makes them feel good. Doesn't it make you feel good yeah. when your clients listen to you and get results?
0: Always. You're right. Right.
1: And so you're like, all right, I'm paying attention. I'm pa- tell me more about how good I am. I like that. <laughs> <laughs> and so that's the guru love potion simplified. Buy the, find your guru. Buy the product, report back your findings, do it again.
0: Gotcha. So you're, I mean, you didn't like meet them all in a coffee shop one day. You actually sought them out, purchased their products, did well. You were a star student and then created a relationship that way.
1: I've been working and I keep bringing this guy up because, um, let's see, I've been working with Ben for about two or three years. I mean, we've known each other. Mm-hmm. It, it came up on Facebook the other day. We've known each other four years. Oh. We've been working together around three years. I only met him in person two months ago. <laughs> so we've been we built a business. We've built a mini empire. We've done all this work together. Never even meeting. Yeah. It's seeking them out and doing whatever I can to add value and not in a way that's self-serving. It's right. really me just sharing with them that their stuff works. And I just want to say, Hey, thank you. Your stuff works. And it, it ends up like this. So I'm not sitting there like calculating, how can I get this guy or this guy? I'm usually just going out there and saying, let's find out if this works. And if it does, then I like you and I want to know more about you and I hang out with you more. And if it doesn't work, then forget about you.
0: <laughs> but thank goodness it worked out. <laughs> yeah. I want to hear more about the podcast factory and how people can get in touch with you, learn more about you and what it is you offer, Jonathan.
1: So, here's what I've done for your listeners. We talked about podcast recipes quite a bit. Oh, and viewers. Hi, viewers. Uh, we, we've talked about podcast recipes quite a bit. So, I put together 10 of my top podcast recipes, and they're all yours, no charge. All you have to do is download the Podcast Factory app and grab them. Okay. So, to do that, you text factory to four. And you will get a text message and and you can download the app, open it up and look on that front page. You'll see 10 podcast recipes, PDF with the recipes that I've shared with you in more detail, plus some extra ones that we didn't even have a chance to talk about. So that's the main thing. Inside that app, you'll also find our shows, the shows I co-host, videos, trainings, all kinds of stuff. So you text factory to 44222 and you can grab all of that.
0: Cool. That's a great gift. I'm going to put all of that in the show notes at CherylTanMedia.com with this episode with Jonathan Rivera. Before we go and before we say thank you, just a couple of more questions. I want to talk about habits because we like to talk about that here on the show. You've got a lot going on with so many shows with your various businesses. And I'd like to ask what kinds of things you do regularly to keep yourself on track and on that path to success.
1: I am a major creature of habits and people don't like to be put in a box. I like to box myself all in with my habits. Right. <laughs> <laughs> so one of the things is I wake up early a lot of times. Uh, well, today I slept until 530, but a lot of times I, I wake up at four in the morning. Oh,
0: wow. that's
1: early! <laughs> one of the things that I like to do now that that's a new habit is see, I write daily emails. I write seven emails a week. Anybody opts into my list. They're getting seven emails a week every week. I don't ever miss. And so one of the things that I'm learning now that I learned from Gary Benzvenia, one, the known universally known as the world's greatest living copywriter, he talks about before you go to bed, that's when your day starts. And to think about the problems that you need to solve the next day, go to bed, wake up, and those solutions are in there, go straight to work. And I used to not do that, but I started doing it. So I go to sleep thinking, what emails can I write? Mm-hmm. I wake up, I go straight to my computer, and I bang out a couple of emails. Hmm. After that, some meditation, some exercise. This morning, my wife and I went for a run, did two miles. We like to do that. And some breakfast and then reading. I have read, I don't know, I lost count. I'm trying to read 52 books this year. And as of right now, I'm on like... 39 or 41, something like that. And so that just keeps fueling me and getting new ideas and getting new perspectives and going down different rabbit trails. But one of my favorite things is reading books of smart people. Like I just put up Mm -hmm. a video review of Sam Walton. I mean, the guy, love him or hate him. He built a hundred billion dollar net worth, 150 billion. Guy's smart and I can- get some of his smarts from reading a $7 book. Mm -hmm. And so I like to read, I like to write every day. I like to really schedule out, and I'll show you how weird I am. Let's see if I can get this over here. So I have, uh, I do gratitude as well. I have a success schedule.
0: Ooh, I like that success schedule.
1: Darren made this up, this is his thing. And then I do my (laughs) gratitude in the morning, I map out my day, I have my goals. Yeah, you can probably not even see it.
0: Oh, I see that. Oh, very nice. Yeah,
1: map out my goals and my big hits, high impact tasks for the day, and then my day is mapped out, and I go about it, get my work done, and close out with my big wins for the day and my gratitude. So that's like my my daily routine. And then at the end of the week, I have something I call the Friday 15 that I got from Jamie Masters.
0: Yeah, I like that. And I
1: review and get a couple things done. And that's my weekly review. And then I start again on Monday morning with the weekly game plan, the big picture of what this day is going to look like.
0: So this wasn't always your plan, right? So did you just implement <laughs> it recently? And <laughs> no,
1: I, I, I've been working on this structure for a long time. And okay. so there, there's things like I used to always wake up, do meditation, drink the, the green drink mm-hmm. and do do my exercise and stuff like that. But I've gotten more and more structured. As you get busier, okay. you have to get – more structured or you're just wasting time. And so this helps me accomplish the big things and it helps me look at it from a bigger perspective when I'm doing a weekly review and a weekly game plan. I can see the bigger picture and then on the day I bring it into the tighter picture of what I'm gonna get done.
0: Really good stuff, Jonathan. Thank you so much. Before <laughs> we go, my last question, and we ask this of everybody, is what makes you a standout?
1: What makes me a standout? is my ability to do work. I did it when I was in construction, even though I didn't want to, and it was a thousand degrees out and I was melting, yeah. showed up for work. I did it when I was in, elect- or, uh, in, in real estate, business fail, business good, doesn't matter. I show up to work and I do it today. I do work and get things done because the small tiny steps will get you to the future you're looking for.
0: And you've got some success to show for it. Thank you so much for sharing your advice and your wisdom with us. We appreciate it, Jonathan.
1: Thank you for having me on. It was fun.
0: Thanks so much for listening to this episode of Standout. Jonathan is sharing his top 10 podcast recipes with a standout audience. You can get information on how to access that from this episode show notes, which you can find at CherylTanMedia.com forward slash podcast. This is episode 24. It has been an honor to connect with so many forward-thinking entrepreneurs. The best way to get their stories in front of more people is to subscribe to and review the show on iTunes. Thank you in advance for your support. If you'd like to be reminded when new standout episodes come out, you can sign up for my newsletter at CherylTanMedia.com. Until next time, thanks so much for joining me. I'm Cheryl Tan.